everybody, it's the Cannon Cruisers, I'm JD. And I'm Randy, and today we checked out the Jack Smite-directed film called Number One with a Bullet. JD's trying not to laugh at me <laughs> because I'm really all over the place because I forgot what movie we were talking about. That was one uh, heck of starring, a Starring um, Jim Belushi, uh, Denzel <laughs> Washington... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, sorry, sorry. Wrong, those, wrong universe. None I'm, of those people are in this movie. Uh, sorry. Starring Robert Carradine, Billy D. Williams, Valerie Bertinelli, Peter Graves, Doris Roberts, Robert DeCoco, Ray Garradine, Barry Saddles, McKelty Williamson, Alex Rebar, and John Grease. Yes. And the film people. is about two police partners with contrasting personalities who both work in the L.A. Police Department. That's not really the story, but okay, we'll go with that. Sure, it's a it's a it's a buddy cop movie from 1987. Oh, so you're saying it's not a uh, film about two police partners with contrasting personalities who both work at the LAPD? It is, but that's not the plot of the movie. No, that's literally what the definition of a buddy cop movie is: two contrasting personalities. That's so not yeah, a plot, folks, though. we decided to rewatch Number One with a Bullet and revisit it because. I seriously could not remember having watched this movie previously. Mm -hmm. uh, even though I did, prior to watching it today, listen to our original broadcast and discussion about this. Mm -hmm. And the only thing I really remember is what we talked about in the previous one, and that's it. That's the only reason why I know Robert, Roger, Ca Roger Carradine? Robert. Robert Carradine is in this film. Mm -hmm. Well, I would say there's probably a reason for that, because... This movie is about an hour and 40 minutes, and it's about 10 minutes too long. And the reason it's too long is because there's a lot in the movie put in to pad it out and stretch it out. But why? Probably because they wanted to stuff it full of things for Jim, for Jim Belushi, I would assume. Oh, yes, I forgot to mention that the script is written by uh, Gail Morgan Hickman, Andrew Kurtzman... Uh, Rob Riley and James Belushi, but James Belushi only gets the writing credit because mm -hmm. he rewrote enough lines in the script to be counted as a uh, writer. Because he was supposed to originally star in it. In the Rob Robert Carradine actor character, mm -hmm. um, Balsack, Berzak, Berzak. So they could make a one joke about Berserk for some reason that didn't really go anywhere. Yeah, um, so the contrasting personalities are one's angry and one's horny, uh, and well, the, and that's it, really. The thing is, with the contrasting personalities, is Billy D. Williams is uh, the buddy cop in this one, but he doesn't have as much overstuffed as Robert Carradine's character does, and the thing is, he gets a, over a lot easier for the fact that he just goes out with a bunch of women all the time. He's always moving on to the next one, so he's obviously a smooth operator. Okay, so so so, so you're forgetting that he's also a health nut. Well, that's who takes true. tai chi, uh, who who chases after women, and is in a jazz band. The thing is, though, all of his stuff with that it doesn't detract from anything that actually happens in the story. Oh, you mean that we could have cut out every single part with him except for when he's working with uh, Balsack, and uh, it would have been all over Burzak. Well, the point is, his character defining stuff doesn't detract from the pacing of the main story what it does for Burzak is that it actually does do that because for some reason he has way too much going on in this movie oh you mean you mean like his 
him stalking his ex-wife and scaring away all her would-be suitors, even mm-hmm. though their relationship didn't work out because mm-hmm. he's a psychopath? Mm-hmm. Or how about his uh, his terribly nagging mother who he's gone low contact with, who never shuts up, played by Doris Roberts? Mm-hmm. Or how about the his crippling anxiety about the Costa? Yeah, there's too much going on in regards to him, which, like I said, is part of the problem because about the first 20 minutes, as usual in these types of movies, is to set up everything that's going on. But they have to set up his relationship with the villain, which for some reason is the first thing they show. So it takes The villain even... appears four times in the movie. Well, like I just said, he they show him too early. And then after that, they show his relationship with his ex-wife and then his relationship with his mother and then his mother disappears for most of the rest of the movie and uh valerie bertinelli who is his love interest shows up in basically two other scenes after that yeah and one of them she gets blown up uh in a car sorry next to a car which like i said is fine which is fine if that's what you're going to focus on but because they don't really focus on either of them they're not given enough of a, a chance to be to register to the viewer as important enough. So it just feels like a sidetrack anytime they show up. And since it takes 20 minutes of them to be introduced before they finally get on with what the point of the story is, by that point, you're just kind of not invested anymore because it takes too long. And to top it all off in the most non-canon fashion, um, the ending sequence you're assuming it's going to be like this big action packs thing, lots of explosion, gunfights, karate, what what have you. And it's kind of a wet fart and it just kind of like, there's no fist fight, nothing. It's just, we chased the guy and grabbed them and then we were done. Yeah, that's something uh, I want to get to in a little bit. But first, let's just go through uh, general impressions of the movie. Um, the general impression is obviously what this is, is what, what they were trying to get across is the the big buddy cop thing at the time. And it is that, but the problem is that they either tried to make it too comedic at times, or they didn't focus on the action enough. And it's to the point that it feels kind of, I don't want to say whiplash, because it's not a whiplash, it's more like a... It's uneven. What's the term? It kind of middles, I guess, goes in, like, wavers, I guess. It doesn't go from one extreme to another, it just kind of goes in like this, like a... It kind of just flows along, I guess. It doesn't really hit any sort of extreme that it needs to hit, by the way. It needs to hit something to really get you invested. And that's the problem. And that's probably why Randy doesn't really remember it. Yeah. It doesn't do that. That's the... Okay, so I know it's been a running joke for the longest time that I literally forgot this movie the week after we watched it. Mm-hmm. And then I watched the first 15 minutes of it at that point and realized... I really did not remember this film and then promptly forgot what those 15 minutes were. Mm-hmm. Um, as we're talking about this film, I'm slowly forgetting <laughs> it because yeah. it's so... Mm, I'm trying to find the word for it here. Formulaic, maybe? Um, too middle of the road? Too... Middle of the road sounds like a, a good explanation for a it, lot of the problems. It very much... I'm, my brain is confusing it with other movies, which is why I was always like, does this have a Norris in it? No. Does this have a a Carradine? Yes. Okay. Does it, is it David? Is it Richard? Is it... I, like, I don't even know who the Carradines are. I think there's a John Carradine. The main problem, uh, too, is that there's no hook. 
Like the main plot name is number one with a bullet, which leads you to believe it's about music. It's about music. And it doesn't dissuade you from that notion at the beginning of the movie. It literally starts with a jazz band playing where we introduce our main character who is having a talk about music. And I told you, it's like my theory um, is that they probably did this movie. It probably had a different title. And then Mm. they went, oh, crap, I don't even know what to call this movie. And they said, oh, they had one character go, uh, Mm -hmm. it's over. You're number one with a bullet, Jack. And and they went, okay, we're going to call it number one with a bullet. Why? Because it's a good clip for the trailer? It's a good title, but it doesn't fit this movie because it doesn't have anything to do with what happens in the movie. Also, considering I'm not even sure our main character ever actually shot anybody. No, he beat up some people with his hands. I know Billy Dee Williams shot somebody and killed them, but I don't know if our main character... Yeah, he killed them with a frickin' uh, crane. Yeah, he shot the guy driving the crane, which is probably the only action sequence in the real movie. Yeah, there's no action sequences in this movie for a cop movie. There's no real action sequences. Let's get right into that. Like, there's literally a car chase scene that was the most boring car chase scene yeah. where it just simply, hey, uh, pull over. Yeah. Freeze. Never say freeze. It just makes them angry and not cooperative. I ain't even. That's what I'm going to go with my low point right there is there's plenty of points in this in this movie where you get to a point where it's, okay, this is the action sequence. This is where we're going to have something happen. They lead up to it. It's obvious. It's going to happen. And then it, it's over. Almost like the very, like, a minute later. It's over. It's done. We're moving on. You, what? You didn't like the part where uh, they went undercover and one of them was cross-dressing and then the uh, the villain was also cross-dressing that at was... the time and then they ran into a church and it was just played up for laughs and, then and nothing happened and then they shot him. And that was it. Yeah. That's what I mean. You, mean that's you didn't like that every, part? That's every action sequence in the movie, though. It starts, they chase somebody, and he's caught. You mean you, you mean you don't like the part where they shot down a plane and then they the... Um, Hitman escapes and is chased and his his shot by a uh, farmer with a shotgun. That's and then I mean. he says he goes, I always wondered well, how people died with a, uh, how people felt when I shot them with a shotgun. And then he goes, it sucks. And then he dies. Yeah. And it happens like literally instantly. But everything is anticlimactic in this movie. Every single joke, every single but action it, sequence. Everything, every though, every setup for it though is a, is a good setup that could lead to a good action sequence. It just doesn't happen. It like it starts and you're like, okay, here it begins and it's already over. And we move on to the next thing. That happens every single time. The only thing I think was even half decent was the one where Billy D. Williams literally almost got crushed, ended up shooting a guy, and then crushing another car who almost got him. That's the, about it. And the worst part about that whole sequence is you could have cut that whole thing yeah. out of the movie and it wouldn't have mattered to the plot. Yes, which is part of the problem. Because literally all the payoff for that was, you're giving up? I was just chased by a semi-truck and killed a man. Yeah. It's like that was literally the payoff to that. That's the only time anything in the movie feels like there's any sort of stakes. Because every other time something happens, it feels half-assed. Uh, like, I, I guess like my girlfriend car got blown, car bombed. They put it on the door instead of putting it in the actual car. So she only inhaled some some flames. So she kind of burnt her lungs. So she, yeah, she is kind of on a on an incubator for now and, and respiratory thing for now. For some reason, because it doesn't really lead to anything. For Let me just use an example. Uh, the, the movie Lethal Weapon 2, which is a very similar movie to this for obvious reasons, there is a scene where a bunch of their... Uh, cop friends are killed and there's a sequence where they like get blown up get shot even uh, mel gibson's character literally gets like shotgun through a window but he survives barely because he has a vest on 
And all of this happens, and then you're, like, led to believe, all right, this is the main villain. He's a real bastard because he killed all these people. Let's go get him. And th there's not really any like that here. It, the main villain doesn't really do anything. And it's like, I don't know if the action is just simply... It, it doesn't really the director, Because the director is an interesting fellow from what you look at it. Mm -hmm. But he was the guy that... Um, Directed Airplane Airport 1975, which is basically, I think, the one that became Airplane. That's weird. Um, but he's also the guy that directed the 70-something version of Double Indemnity. Okay, that's even weirder. Um, like I said, it's like his filmography is odd. It's like, you have things like Kaleidoscope. You have No Way to Treat a Lady, The Illustrated Man. Mm -hmm. And this is like the 60s still. You mm -hmm. have... The Longest Night, Partners in Crime, Double Indemnity, Linda. Like, these are, some of these are classic noir films. That's bizarre. And then, he, this is his second to last film. Like, this is his third film for the 80s. Out of four. And then he has one after this, and that's it. This is Jack Smite I'm talking about, by the way. Mm -hmm. Well, there's no real reason that the there couldn't have been actual action in the movie it just like i said just wasn't there oh that's why i brought that up in the original episode well a lot of the issues we're talking about action wise mm -hmm. may have gone down to the budget mm -hmm. um not even half a million dollars it, the whole budget for the film was four hundred and ten thousand and some change I think you still could have done something, though. Sam Furstenberg could have done something. Well, I mean, even we watched a Cyborg Cop, for instance, which is a Sam Furstenberg real low-budget movie that has all kinds of action sequences, in it, including a, a scene at the end where he crushes somebody's head with a motorcycle for crying out loud. If he can manage that on a budget of nothing, there's no excuse for little. The the final climax of the movie is literally just chasing somebody down in a hallway. That's it. JD, I, I, That's I, honestly, all that I honestly think most of this budget may have been Billy D. Williams' paycheck. <laughs> but like, there's no escalation at all. There's no real tension because there's no escalation. The Costa appears in four scenes, and one of them is he runs down a hallway just to be captured, and that's it. Yes, because there's no real payoff to anything. And there's a whole subplot about there being a mole in the police department where the the mole has more screen time than the final villain. Yeah, The final does. villain's girlfriend has more screen time than the final villain. Yeah. It's... And, and that's why I kept making the... I made the joke near the end. I'm like, it's going to turn out that actually she's the one that's involved in it. That she's that, actually the one running everything. And that's kind of the weird part of the movie because, like, it's not the greatest written movie or anything like that, but it's something you could easily make into a competent action movie. There, there, There is... Yeah, there's, like, it's a just, bare bones. Like I said, it's tropey as hell. It's, it's like there's... But it's bare bones. It just doesn't do it, though. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't even try. And that's part of the problem with the movie. But, but does it also help that it's a 1987 canon film? That might have something to do with it. But that still doesn't explain why, like, you can't have a gunfight or anything. I mean, JD, look, this is the same. Blanks are expensive, right? This is the same year as Death Wish Four. That had plenty of action in it, and the main main villain in that one got blown up by getting shot with a bazooka in the streets. And it's also you, February twenty seventh is when it was released, so it was released in a February. So it's like it's in the bad months, even though the people say that's an urban legend. Mm -hmm. But that's not. You could have done something, is my point, and they just decided not to really do anything. So as a result, you just watch something that happens, and by the time it's over, you just sort of forget about it. And that's the problem with that, is the movie's just because there's nothing to hook into. Like, there's no, like, the action, everything is just, it's an, un, it's a forgettable movie. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I literally will, after this, I will know at least this time mm-hmm. that I watched the movie because I listened to an episode about us talking about mm-hmm. watching this movie. And that's what I remember is that, I yes, I said I watched the movie. Yeah. There's a recording of me saying I watched watch this movie. And I've talked about it now twice. Mm-hmm. So, what's your low light of the film? The plot said, sucks. I said my low It's light. boring. That's the low light. Yeah, what's your much. highlight of the film? I like the music in the movie. Alf Clausen did a really good soundtrack. Every I, time it was coming on, I was like, yeah, that's I, I feel like I should uh, I, I should say something different, but it's very hard in this movie to say something else is good in it because really the only thing it had going for it was the Alf Clausen jazz music. The problem is everything else in the movie is hampered by the fact that it's misfired. Yeah. And so the, anything positive you could possibly say, like I like Billy D. Williams, he does a good job, but he could have been done better if it was better directed. Like the film poster's not that bad. Yeah, that's something good to say about the movie. But yeah, really, the only thing this movie has going for it is the music, mm-hmm. and everything else about it is a failure on every single thing. It just every, falls they, short. They don't use anybody pro- well. Like Billy D. Williams is just there doing his Colt Forty Five commercial. Like he's just smooth. Yeah. He's good to watch, but he's like a lady said, killer. He could have been used better. Just like everybody in the movie could have been used better. It just, for whatever reason, it just didn't go where it needed to go. It just stopped short, and that's the biggest problem with the movie. It just stops short. So, since we last watched this film, we both gave it a 2 out of 5. Mm-hmm. Has that changed? Do you still feel it's a 2 movie? Did it go up in your estimation or down? Hmm. Uh, well, since we watched that one, we watched a lot more of these sorts of movies, too. So, we actually have a lot more to compare it to. And, and with that said, I'm going to give it a 1. I'm actually going to go down because we have other movies to compare it to mm-hmm. in the canon canon. And this movie is just bad. Like, I, there's nothing for me to recommend it for to people. And it's awful because of, it's just so lukewarm, so undercooked. Like, it's it's more raw than the piece of meat that Robert Carradine eats in the movie. I think that's Robert's the his problem. name, right? Not Roger? Yeah, it's Robert. Oh, my God. That's probably the problem with the movie is it just, it should be at least, look, I'll just say straight up. This should be a three. It should be a three. I honestly thought before I re-listened to it that it's like from the way you were talking about it before. I'm like, oh, this must have been. We must have both given it threes or something like that. That's why he's so confused that I forgot it. And then I'm like, listen, I'm like, no, we both gave it twos. We both thought it was boring. Yes, it is boring. And now we know why it's boring because we, we, can, we have more to compare this to. The problem with the movie is that it should be a three. It has all the ingredients of a three movie at the very least. It should be it a should solid be. film. It should be solid. It should be watchable. It should be a Saturday afternoon movie. The problem is, for whatever reason... And that's reason, why I gave it a one. It's because it's... It's it's undercooked. It's and, worse than I thought it was going to be. You know what? I'll also give it a one. And, 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 this is on, and this is on my second viewing? Like I said, I'm, I'm going gonna, gonna to give it a one. Not because of my usual reasons for giving it a one, but for the simple fact that there is no excuse for this to not be a three. I'm just going to say it straight that way. Like, objectively, I'd probably say maybe a two. But no, I'm going to give it a one because it should be better than it is. There's no reason it should be this bad. It's not like... It's just a misfire. Everything about this was horrible from the get-go. No. This had all the parts to be a good, fun movie. And it just wasn't. Yeah, and all we've seen there. them... We've seen Canon do it with less of a budget. Like We've seen directors that work for Canon do it with less of a budget. Yeah. Even, like I said, gave some examples. You can even do one after this. Uh, the last Bronson movie, Kinjite. That entire final sequence on a dock even has a crane coming down and crushing a car. And that whole sequence... Leads to somebody almost drowning in the bay, basically. You could have had, at least had that. At least had something like that. They didn't even have that. They didn't even go anywhere near that. And that's the biggest problem with the movie. And that's why 
I have to give it a one. It's like something yeah, I have to it's do. It's like it's not a bad movie. It's just that it's a movie. There's nothing to it. There's no there's no no nothing to latch onto. No. And the and the biggest issue is there should be. It's a fart in the wind. Yeah. It's not like like even a detective school dropouts where it's just the whole thing is just it's just a bad movie. Yeah, Everything you watch about, it and you go, okay, that the humor is awful. Everything in here is awful. There's stuff that's awful. This movie is just that, no, there's nothing. Mm-hmm. It's like, and it's not even just a case of it being mm-hmm. inoffensive, nothing. No, it's just that it's not very anything. It's not good, nor is it bad. But I, f- I honestly feel nothing about this movie. Mm-hmm. And I at least will know that I watched it. Yeah. Though I also feel obligated that when Kino Larber puts out its physical copy of it to buy it and then never open it. And then put a note on it saying, do not open. Bad movie. Yeah, I think the difference for a lot of bad movies is there's a difference between a you, movie that's You at that's least just, feel something about it. That's at least, you know, it, at least they had an execution. They had an idea that might have failed doing it, but at least they tried to do something. This and, one they didn't try. And this one, they had the bones for something and they just, you know what? Eh... Well, like I had some laughs, but Mm -hmm. I I think it was in spite of itself. I had those laughs. Like I said, it's not even that. Like I said, it's not like it's one of the worst films we've ever watched or anything. It's just that on an execution level, it's kind of insulting because it should be better than it ended up being. Like there are worse films that we've watched that I've given it to, and I will stand by those twos. But this movie, like I said, it's just that I feel so nothing about it. Even though I sound angry about it right now, I'm going to forget this feeling. And by tomorrow morning when I wake up, it's going to be all a dream. It's going to be completely forgotten. I'm not going to care that I ever watch this movie ever again because I've done it. Mm. It's done. I never have to watch it again. I'll probably say like... This it, doesn't even get into the top hundred, top 200 <laughs> canon films, J.D. Like I said, it should probably be a two, but I think it deserves a one. It deserves a one. Yeah, it des- it's just a it's bad what movie. It deserves because it actually, should be a lot better than it is. Actually, it has wait, no excuse. No, it's just a blank movie. It's just a movie. Yeah, I can't even really just say bad because yeah, that's it. That's why I keep going. Bad back. requires some sort of effort was put into it, and there just wasn't. Not, there was no effort here. Like I would, I would imagine maybe some of the actors tried, but it doesn't really matter when the final result just ended up being a whole lot of nothing. Like this is bad. This is a bad movie, folks. Journey to the Center of the Earth. Explore the Impossible. This is a bad movie. This is unarguably a bad movie. Yeah, that's but, the worst movie we've ever seen on here, I'd say. But number one with the bullet is just... There's nothing to it. There's nothing to talk about. I'm like, I'm so angry about it right now because there's just nothing to it. All we can literally just say over and over again is that the problem with the movie is that it needs to have something to it. And they decided... They could have had something to it, but they decided not to. It's like, holy cow. It's like, I'm amazed by the fact that I'm slowly forgetting the plot. Mm-hmm. Like, because this is, this is the one that has a carotene in it, not a Norris. Yeah, it doesn't, because it doesn't give you any, anything to hook into. What? Even like, look, a movie after this, um, well, the last, this is the last one I'll talk about. Delta Force 3, that was the one directed by Sam Furstenberg. That one had a Norris in it, right? That one had a Mike Norris in it. And it even had that final sequence where they were in the building and he ended up throwing the knife. Okay, and, that was cool. And that was a cool escalation. And by the end of the movie, you're like, oh, that was fun. And, and that and yeah, was after I, this. And I never had a moment in this movie where I went, okay, now that was cool. And like, I was I never, waiting yeah. for that to happen, at the very least. Because even in the worst action movies we watched, I was like, oh, at least that was fun. And in this one, it's like... We're going to get there. No, we're not. We're not going to do anything. And that just insulted me so badly to the point where, yeah, I'm going to give it a one. 
I felt like my time was wasted, and that's one of the that's worst things. That's it. Yeah, I literally feel like I lost another hour and 40 minutes of my life that I never will get back. Yeah. And because I've watched this movie twice, apparently, and an extra 15 minutes of it because I watched that 15 minutes again. Plus, I talked about it twice now mm. for roughly 30 40 minutes, and I re-listened to the podcast at least once or twice to confirm that I've watched this film. So I've wasted so much time of my life on this. And I've read the chapter on it in Austin Trunick's Volume 2 of the Canon Film Guide twice to remind myself what this movie was. And you know what? I don't want to waste any more time on this one. (laughs) You mean you you can't waffle for another five minutes, J.D., on number one with a bullet? I mean, that title has no point. It doesn't deserve it. I don't think this movie deserves any more discussion or thought at all and it's probably one of the movies i least recommend even though it's not one of the worst things we've ever watched it's just i don't want to think about this anymore and it probably won't like this is probably, probably this is probably the, one of the top 10 worst canon films it's a misfire and and, and 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 like i said it being one of the top 10 worst canon films and it's not because it's bad it's just because it's nothing because it shouldn't be and that's the that's the worst insult is that it shouldn't be and it has no excuse and that's that's all I got on that one. Yeah. I'm done. I'm done with that. All right, everybody. That's it for this one. We'll see you next time we continue our cruise of the Canon Catalog. Goodbye. Goodbye. We're Canon Films, and we're Dynamite.